I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Scant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The The Remedy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant. Janice, that intro makes me smile. It does? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm like, I like music. what we do. I like what we do, too. It's so fun. Like, I'm just sitting there listening to that. Like, our goal is to make people's lives happier, healthier, and more abundant. It yeah, is. That's a good job. It is a good job. It's a blessed job job to have the opportunity to do it yes yeah it's awesome how's your how's your mantra for january good good i say it i don't know 10 times a day i'm really really pleased with it it's amazing so many people have talked to me i had one girl text me and she said i am thrilled to be me it was the (laughs) cutest thing i was like was that not the best oh that's so good yeah she told me that right before i was going into yoga one day and i spent the whole class thinking why i was thrilled to be me yeah that's awesome yeah that's so really many good awesome. little nuggets last week. It was really fun. Yeah. It was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, so we're so happy to be here today. Want to thank the sponsor of today's show. Um, we need to thank Amy Simmons Crafton. She gave a very generous donation at the end of the year. Nice. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, she is a big fan. And good. The, the thing that I really appreciate about Amy is She's very thoughtful about and about how and where she gives money. And oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And so, you know, it, she's a, she doesn't just write a check because I'm her buddy. Yeah. Like it has to be something that she really believes in. And I just, when I, when I got the Venmo, I was like, that is so nice. That's so nice. Yeah. Isn't it humbling? Yes. I'm always kind of shocked yeah. when somebody, because I listen to it, you know, as soon as it comes up like the next day or something. And I'll kind of laugh and think it was so fun and I liked it, you know. And then Mm -hmm. if somebody says, oh, my gosh, that was so great. I have a really good friend in Little Rock, Arkansas, that we're going to pray for today she had a terrible accident and but she's healing fine mm. and um but the other day i talked with her and she said i listened to the remedy and it kind of gets me through the day oh, and, and i was and like oh my, say that's that? so, i'm so humbled by it yeah it really, humbled is the word it is i mean the last week uh, last friday i was at craig's parents house and you know i mentioned his mom a couple of times last week and uh-huh. you know, she's uh-huh. just peaceful and she just has so many qualities that that I hope to to really emulate at some point in my life. But uh-huh. she was like, when you said my name, and I was like, I I I don't know. I'm like you. I'm like you. Listen, like I can't <laughs> believe people actually listen to this. I know <laughs> it really is humbling. It is very humbling. Yeah, yeah. I feel very grateful. And you know, Kev, you sent the sweetest text this last week. Like. I feel so grateful that like don't tell people I say stuff like that. <laughs> That's yeah, just I'm gonna for read a, the text. That was spoken in confidence. <laughs> I'm gonna read the sappy text that you sent us. After, Not me. After saying Tova and I were having a love fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I did say that. I, uh, you did say that. I'll, it was a love fest. I'll spare y'all the, the <laughs> sappy text, but Kevin sent like this really sweet text that just talked about how we're all so lucky. Well, and, you guys mean a lot to me. Well, you, know. you, you do mean to a lot us to too. us. Yes. And you all, Kevin has new teeth. <gasps> I do. So handsome. Oh. Feels weird. I mean, looks amazing. It looks amazing. Our J. Crew model is doesn't quite look like me. Yeah. Yes, it does. I I hope you don't stop doing this and get out there and be like running, (laughs) walking the runway. (laughs) I think you guys are safe. Yeah. Nope. I I don't know that we're safe. Too sexy for my job. (laughs) Too sexy for my job. It really does look good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Happy New Year to you, right? Yeah. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. They look amazing. They really do. Makes me want to get new teeth. It's funny. My mom actually is paying for it. So uh, I went to the appointment the other day and she's like, you know, as usual, just put it on your card and I'll tell you. And I'm like, all right. And then I got out there and they told me how much it was. And I'm like, I have an $8,000 limit on my card, so I cannot put that on there. <laughs> I had to call yeah. and be like, Mom, will you give them your card? Because I can't, I can't even front this much. Yeah, the new teeth are not cheap. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they are not cheap. Uh-uh. Well, they look. They do look They look so like they're worth whatever good. they cost. They look amazing. Yeah. Yeah, good job. Strutting I wonder it. if I could have just had the cash equivalent. That would have been. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. Now you just can. Just kidding. You're, it's it's you know what your teeth like I'm a I'm a real teeth person and I never noticed that I I never once thought God why doesn't he get his teeth fixed but like now that I see you like you have beautiful te- but like you can't have janky teeth you didn't have yeah. janky teeth I thought so but well you had a lot more tor- you were way more torqued up about it than anybody else was but I think that like your teeth matter so I agree much. But before I they send you guys totally that picture, they can totally change your entire look. You'd never see me without like my those these two like my I had those two fake ones. You'd uh-huh. never see me with those taken out before. So that's when they would look really that like that before and after pic I sent you. That's when you can really tell is when I had the the falsies yeah. out. Like when I was in Mexico and my I popped yeah, my and your, front veneer off. <laughs> yeah, just exactly like that. <laughs> it was just there was a nub that was like I don't know like. I don't even know how tiny. And we were at dinner, and I had took a bite of bread, and my veneer flew across the room. And my friend Vicky said to me, I can't stay here with you if you don't get that fixed, because it was the word, it was my very front tooth. Yeah. Thank, good thing you found it. I know. Such a good thing. We're and found a good, uh, really good dentist. In San Miguel, which was all... That's a miracle. A miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I have some crazy nightmare stories about that little retainer I had with my fake teeth on it. Once I was like 16 and my parents had this party for New Year's and I was sneaking in the liquor cabinet and I got really hammered and I threw up my teeth and flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> Served you right. <laughs> yep. And then that was like right before, you know, the new semester starts for school. So that was like my punishment. I had to go 10 days before I got my... Because oh. it took 10 days to get like the lab so to make me a new teeth. you had to go to school without so your teeth? You mm-hmm. threw it up and flushed it down the commode? That's what we figured because we couldn't figure out what happened to them. They disappeared. Did you black out? You didn't even know? No, I don't remember it happening. They were just gone. One so. time when I was Do in high school... Do you remember high... barfing? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> that means no. <laughs> oh my god. When I was 16... I, my friends and I went out and we were drinking rum and Coke. Oh, just the thought of it now just makes me sick. And I had hard contacts. And so when they would get something in them, I would take one out and put it in my mouth and then wet it and then Mm -hmm. put it in my eye. So, so I said, oh my gosh, my eye stop. And so I, I went in front of the car and sat in front of the light 
and took my contact out and put it in my mouth and then swallowed it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did I take it out? And my friends were staring in my eye. My next story that I was going to mention, I also swallowed a tooth once. <laughs> it came off the bracket of my braces, but it still fit in the space. So I was always popping it in and out with my tongue. And one day I just went, swallowed it. Oh, did God, the tooth fairy come? Stories. <laughs> no. Did the tooth fairy come? It doesn't come if you swallow it. I was probably 15 uh, then. Doesn't, yeah. It for sure doesn't come if you swallow uh, yeah. it after you've been drinking. <laughs> the tooth fairy doesn't want to figure out how to get those back. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Well, you look um, amazing. Well, thanks. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. And he's 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 still dressing sharp. Yeah, that was a new goal of yours, right? Let's the get new- back. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, working. it's working. Your whole your whole look is really working. I thought Kat. I was most productive at jobs where I had to dress up every day. So I had a client. And then when I went into business for myself, I'm like, God, I'm gonna wear whatever the hell I want. And then I think it, it makes you a little. I don't know. It not does as disciplined. Feel a little better. Yeah. I had a client last week that said, "Will you please send me a picture of Kevin? I'm dying to know what he looks like." I'll take well, a, definitely send one after. I'll after, take a yeah, picture a new of, one. of y'all before uh, <laughs> before you I, leave today. I, I sent her the one of me and you and Kevin. Oh, at, at Blair's. At Blair's place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a great picture. Uh-huh. She texted back and said, he is so cute. You are. My you buddy's, are uh, I was actually at a groomsman's wedding. He sent me a picture and he said, uh, my wife listens to these two all the time. And it was like me with you. He's like, you know them? And I'm like, yeah, I know them. I'm like, tell your wife that I'm that your friend Kevin, who's in your wedding, is the guy that they're hearing on the show. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. It is a small world. It is. We need to behave. We need to really <laughs> step up our game. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> it's too Late. I can't. I can't be different. <laughs> can't run, I'll have can't to just, run from who you are. No, I'll just have to be silent. I'll just sit here and nod and just say, I just nodded, shook my head. <laughs> Janice is now nodding. I cut back on my drinking. That's about as far as my self-improvement goes. Hey, I, and you're dressing up. Yeah. You really look more positive. Oh, thanks. Uh, Feel more positive. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something- there are moments of crankiness. Don't get me wrong. But. Oh. Well, we all, but that's what we're talking about today. So I, um, I, well, first of all, back to being humbled and, and people listening, if you are an avid listener and you love the remedy, we would love for you to be, uh, to consider being a sponsor in 2021. Um, every week we, we have to pay Kevin. I mean, he's cute, but he's not cheap (laughs) or free (laughs) or free. I'm very reasonable though. You are very reasonable for what you do. Um, but if you are interested in being a sponsor of the remedy, we would love it. Um, you can Venmo at, at Tova-Cito, um, or you can go to tovacito.com, click on the remedy and click on make a contribution. And we would just really, really, really appreciate it. Um, so I texted, uh, Janice and Kevin and uh, yesterday I was meeting with a precious young girl who was just feeling a little overwhelmed at, um, just what's going on in the world. And yeah, I, I, she was talking about how she was so excited for the calendar to change. She was really anticipating a very hopeful way of, for 2021 calendar turns and you know four days five days later people are storming the capital yep. people are dying numbers of COVID are going up i mean i i looked at uh 
every day I so that I sort of know what's going on in the world so I don't sound like a total idiot I'm at dinner put parties. I'm going to my fingers in my ear yeah. and sing, Mary had a little lamb yeah. so I don't hear it. So you don't have to hear what's going <laughs> no, on in the world. No, I don't want to know. <laughs> well, I, you know, you know my dear friend Mary Catherine, she's very informed. She's very intellectual. She's very smart. She reads the paper. She knows what's going on in the world. And I was telling her, I like you, would just rather not know. I don't watch the news. I didn't don't read the paper, but you know, and she was like, okay, I'm just going to encourage you to get the five things. Like you get a report every day of like the five most important things happening in the world. Because I mean, it is true. Like I'm at a dinner party and people are talking about China and I'm like, huh? Who? Me too. Where? Me too, the, but I don't care. Wait, Do you it's, care? A, it's election year. Like <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I really don't. And the truth is I really don't care, but she encouraged me to get the five things. And this is just an example of why you and I don't want to get the five things. Because here's the top five things happening in the news right now. You, are you ready, Kev? You ready, Janice? Over, Not really. Over 2 million people <laughs> in the U.S. have been affected with coronavirus since the beginning of the new year. That's number one. Number two, after the Capitol attack, experts warn extremists are intensifying calls for violence ahead of the inauguration. Number three, a gunman killed three people in a series of shootings in the Chicago area before police killed him. Number four, fishermen heard an explosion where an Indonesian airliner crashed with 62 people aboard. They're looking for all those people. Five, in a stunning gender gap, the U.S. economy lost 140,000 jobs last month, all of them held by women. Awesome. <laughs> that's, why don't, that's why I don't do it. That's what you get. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what you get for looking. <laughs> And so, you know, I'm thinking if you are, so, so, so this is what's happening in our world. It, it is some of what's happening in our world. And right. I think that's the dangerous part about news and newspapers is because they are extreme. They focus on the negative. They love the drama. You know, where's, where's the good things happening in this world? Cause there's plenty of those. We yeah. just don't ever hear or read about them. Um, they don't make good headlines. No, they don't make good no, headlines. No, they don't. And so I thought, God, no wonder this girl's sitting on my couch stressed out about, you know, how do I stop reading the news? How do I get, get out of the, uh, should I just get off social media altogether? Like, how do I get out of this loop that the world is so bad? So that's one aspect of it. But then when I thought about, okay, we should probably talk about that. Like, what is the remedy for that? I started thinking about, okay, that's what's happening in the world. But there's a lot of people who, whether it's COVID, you know, the year of COVID, or whether your mom is dying of cancer, or you're, you do, you are out of a job, or your business just closed down. Like there are a lot of people at any given time going through stuff. And so what I wanted to talk about today is what do we do? What is the remedy when, you know, how do we as humans be okay, even when our world, like our personal world or our literal world right. is not, or doesn't feel okay? How do we, how do we maintain that sense of okayness when it doesn't feel okay? Well, go. First of Go, all, Janice. <laughs> I don't get those headlines. I don't have any interest in it. And here's why. Because I do hear things, like I just heard of five things, that, and I don't, it, those 
I mean, I, I do believe that I will know what I need to know when I need to know it. And so information comes to me. And it's not that I am trying to avoid living in the truth. It is that I don't want to entertain all of that in my brain. I do it for brain health. I don't do it for avoidance. And so that's a really good point. Yeah. And it is because when we when we intubate our brains with negativity, our neurotransmitters change, our synapses stop firing as as rapidly. And then when all of that happens, then people get depressed and all of that stuff. So, you know, I think that I think learning to be okay when the world does not appear to be okay is one thing. I personally believe that the world is okay even when it appears that it is not okay. Mm -hmm. There have been there are situations that have ha that happen all of the time and they have in throughout history mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it, you know i don't know that today is much worse than it has been in the past i tell you something that was really uh influential to me i read a book <clears throat> several years ago called pope joan it's a fascinating book so and it took place during medieval times is and, it true well it has the Catholic Church has said that it is not true, but there have been there have been people who have thought that there was some documentation of this. But basically, the story was about this woman, a, a young girl. the The Catholic Church was was roaming the countryside trying to figure out who, young, trying to find young men to take to the Vatican so they could study to be priest. And um, this girl, they came to her house, and her brother was did not make it. I think that's the way it was. But then she decided she was very smart. And so she uh, uh, wrapped her body really tightly so her breasts did not show and dressed up like a guy and went to the Vatican and was chosen for the program and then later was named the Pope, hence the name Pope Joan. Okay. And she ended up, she had a lover. I think this is right. She had a lover and then she ended up getting pregnant and then she was killed because of this. But anyway, the, I remember reading that book and a lot of the book was about all of the, the tragedies that were happening during that time, diseases that were just atrocious and the, and Vikings would come and, and go to the churches and murder everybody in the church. I mean, it was a terribly difficult time in which to live. And the whole time I was reading that book, I was thinking, man, we don't have those problems mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, and I was also thinking after I got that text from you about the, the subject, which I think is a really great idea, you know, I was thinking back when the Vietnam War was mm -hmm. going on, and I was in that generation mm -hmm. of, you know, high school guys and college mm -hmm. guys getting, you know, they were going to be in the draft. Yeah, you were, you were high school, weren't you? Yeah, I was yeah. high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, and there was, you know, the number draft. And I mean, it was a really, it was a very scary very real. time. Mm -hmm. It was very, very, very real. Mm -hmm. So, there's, you know, the world, because the world is made up of human beings, there is going to be stuff that happens. Yeah. And so what do we do with it? You know, some people really do want to know all about it. I don't. Mm -hmm. 
And do you, do you think it's dangerous for well, people I, to know all about it? Well, I don't think that it's, I mean, you don't read hear those five things and feel zippity doo Yeah. You know, and I think people who tend to be awfulizers, which there are a lot of people that will hear something, oh, it's just so awful, it's just so awful. On both sides. I've never sides, heard that word. I like that word. Yeah, to become an awfulizer. Rather than be like, okay, I like well, I understand that that's happening in Washington, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. I feel sad about that. I feel, um, I understand the people that stormed the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I understand their thinking because mm-hmm. people have thoughts right. and they get carried away with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't. So what I have learned to do is to, I used to kind of be an awfulizer. Really? Oh my God, it's awful, it's awful, it's awful. People. I can't even imagine well, this been, about you, it's Janice. It's been a long time okay, ago. Okay, that gives people hope because I would tend to guess that once an awfulizer, always an awfulizer, <laughs> that that would be a very difficult, you know, like people who are victims, Yes. Like some people are great victims. Like yes. life is always happening to them. Yeah. It's really hard to teach a victim person who's a really good victim to stop being a victim. Right. Right. So, so like the, I, I put that all in the same category. Yeah. Like yeah. victim, awful, everything sucks. It's bad. Everything happens to me. Why? 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 Yeah. Everybody in the world sucks. <laughs> us, they suck. That was sad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think what happened, there were a couple of things that happened to me that when I yeah, started looking at things a little differently. First of all, I got a divorce. Mm-hmm. And that was. So were you an awfulizer all that, like growing up? 20s. No, I wasn't so young much, mom. I wasn't really an awfulizer growing up. My my father was very involved politically and was always a um, a, a a representative for the Republican convention and the state Republican, and he did a whole lot of political sort of campaigning and that sort of thing. So I did a lot of that too. When when Kurt and I were married. I did uh, Carol Hanses, her husband Kent ran for governor, and I did her scheduling and stuff. And so I was politically involved like that. So I was pretty far right mm-hmm. with all of that. And then, um, and then when I got a divorce, because I was raised that God hates divorce, I really struggled with whether or not I was going to be punished for that choice and mm. and thinking that I was not being a, do quotes, a good Christian, which is kind of insane to me. I don't know what a bad Christian is or, <laughs> you know, it's so weird. But I was very much connected with that and I got yeah. very, very, very depressed. I think I've talked about that before and mm. drove around one day and tried to figure out how to kill myself. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was an awfulizer. And that was so, so things just seemed to be so horrible. I couldn't get beyond it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then went back to graduate school, started going to a 12-step program, which, you know, in the 12-step programs, the very first step is admitted we were powerless over whatever, people, alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me because I learned that even though I may see something, like the the rioting in Washington or, you know, the vandalizing in the past 
mm-hmm. several months that mm-hmm. we've had around and thought, you know, that I'm powerless over that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm not powerless is over my attitude about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what mm-hmm. I can do is try to put positive energy in the place where there is negative energy. And so I got kind of started getting a hold of that and realizing what I was powerless over and what I was not powerless over. Mm-hmm. That helped me. And then the second step is uh, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, realizing that when I get upset and, oh, my gosh, and awfulize about what's happening, then I am not trusting. Mm-hmm. And then the ability to turn the will, my will in my life over to something bigger than me, which for me is God. So, so that helped me a lot. Then when I went back to graduate school, I worked with prisoners, and they were the greatest teachers I had ever had in my life. They were all convicted. They had been convicted of drug-related felonies, and they were drug addicts themselves. Men and women? Well, I worked on a 44-man unit, and they came to us from Lou Sterig. Well, first of all, they went to the hospital and detoxed, and they went to Lou Sterig, went to the hospital, detoxed, and then came to us, and it was a six-month program where they lived there. And it was called a therapeutic community, which if you don't know what that is, it's very interesting. They could not, my clientele, so I had a caseload of like 10 men, and my clientele could not even walk up to me and talk to me without signing in for permission. So it's a very, very, very regimented uh, environment. And so I realized that those men who were considered criminals, drug addicts, the low of the lows, mm-hmm. you know, sold, worthless pieces of yeah, sold their children's bicycles for, mm-hmm. you know, drugs. for for yeah, mm-hmm. a dime a crack and mm-hmm. you know, and they and I and I loved those men. They were I spent Thanksgiving with them one year, and we watched The Nutty Professor, and <laughs> it was one of the best Thanksgivings. That's adorable. It was so funny. Jerry Lewis or Eddie Murphy version? Eddie Murphy. Okay. There's only it's, one it's Nutty so Professor <laughs> version. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> yeah. I love that I movie. too. He's so great. He's so funny. He's but so it was funny. so fun, and I remember sitting in this big room with all of these men watching the nutty professor and looking at them and literally started crying because I thought they are just like me. Mm -hmm. They, and all of those men had been either abused when they were young, not an excuse, but an explanation. Oh yeah. And they, you know, grew up in terrible environments and all of that stuff. But I, but I grew to be able to understand and actually find fascinating their thought process. Mm. And so like when I watched the other day, when I watched uh, Trump talking, you know, I did turn on the TV because my daughter in Australia called me and said, do you have any idea what's going on? <laughs> I, was like, I love that your daughter in Australia <laughs> called to tell you to turn on the news here in the United like, States. No, she goes, Wyatt is really upset. That's her son. I'm like, okay, I guess I better turn it on. <laughs> but I, but I understand his brain mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous and I think it's very fascinating. So mm-hmm. that is one way that I can keep myself from awfulizing things mm-hmm. because I understand that this too shall pass and that yeah. it is. Now, I think that what a lot of us will do, instead of feeling the feelings 
about the situation, whether it's anger or sadness or fear or shame or, you know, rather than feel the feelings, we go to our brain and we allow our brains to run amok with the perceived tragedy that's right in front of us. You know, even when, not to minimize, but there's tragedy all the time. Yeah. And this and this virus has, I think we're all so overloaded mm-hmm. with it because there's just not been a reprieve, although I think there's one on the way. I did mm-hmm. I filled out my form to get my vaccine. I'm really excited about it. Yay. I know. But you know, so so that's where I go with this. Mm-hmm. And and I just don't awfulize it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the expression and I love that you are reminding us that, that awfulization, that's a choice. Yes. Like when we, when we go down those trails and when we allow those thoughts and, uh, to, to, to take over and we go down and, and, you know, we perpetu we often perpetuate it by, so I read those five things. Oh my God, there was a plane crash. Then so then I click on the thing, and then I go to that thing, and then I go to the next thing. And and one thing I think that is really important is whether it's the news or it's gossip or it's you know wherever we're getting our information, we dramatize. I don't know if that's a word, but. Like the way the information is shared is often very, very, very dramatic right? and often skewed. It has a bent. It has, um, you know, news channels love for us to be cap to capture us sure. because then we won't turn it off. That's right. You know, we can't turn it off. So the more dramatic and the more sensationalized and the more emotional it is, the more the more captivated we become and and the more the more it becomes part and 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 so it just keeps taking up more and more space right in our in our thought process and our fears and you know i i i really never read or see anything and then get scared yeah. but i know a lot, a of, lot people of people do do yes so they will read these things and it will create fear. Mm-hmm. It will make their heart beat faster. Mm-hmm. Their anxiety goes up and fear sets in. What does this mean to me? What's coming next? This, this doom, this doomness. And so there are people who will listen to this and think, okay, I've just got to get off uh-huh. of yeah, I got to stop reading the paper. I've got to stop watching the news. I've got to stop. I got to get off Instagram for social media for a little while, whatever, whatever it is just to clear the brain and create some more positive space. But what about the people who are like, no, I don't like how do people who want to be informed and want to feel like they're a part of what's happening in the world because now they know. How how do the people who want to know regulate? <laughs> how do you get that information, hear that information, and l- not let it create the fear, the worry, the stress, the anxiety? How to 
How do, how do they regulate that? Well, I think that you have to recognize it. I mean, you're going, when you read those things, you're going to probably feel sadness, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to feel maybe some anger about it, or you're going to feel, I mean, a lot of people struggle with fear. Oh my God. I heard somebody the other day say, oh my gosh, this country, this country is just going to hell in a handbag. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it isn't. You know, I mean, of course, I just don't, I don't allow myself to go into that negativity because Mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do about it except Mm -hmm. try to be positive. I think that what we need is compassion. Yeah. And I believe that, I believe with every fiber of my being, if I hate the haters, then Mm -hmm. I am them. Yeah, you are. And because hate energy is hate energy. Yeah. So when you... when and two I, wrongs don't make a right. No. When mm-hmm. I look at all of that happened and those people that were storming, and I just mm-hmm. thought they're so... I, had, I actually had compassion for them because I think they are deluded into believing that mm-hmm. this is the way... That this is the answer. That this is the answer. And mm-hmm. it's violence is never the answer. I don't care... How great the cause. Yeah, I 1,000% agree with that. Hate is hate. Yeah. And if you're if you're hating a race or if you're mm-hmm. hating a political mm-hmm. party mm-hmm. or if you're hating, you know, the, the, the people who were Trump supporters, if they're hating the Biden supporters and the yeah. Biden supporters are hating the Trump supporters, it's hate no mm-hmm. matter how it is. And mm-hmm. nobody wins with that. Yeah, and if I we can step that. aside and have compassion and think, like I can, I can think about, President Trump and I think, and I do know that there were things that he did really well and important mm-hmm. while he was in office. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, I look at him and think, wow, it, it would be really difficult being in that brain yeah, because it's so skewed right now. Yeah. And I think that there's, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I'm not going to diagnose him because I can't, I'm, that would not be okay because mm-hmm. I haven't interviewed him. But I think that his behavior is indicative of his mental position, yeah. and it's not it's not good. Right. So I, I feel badly for him. I feel badly for his wife. I feel bad for his children. You know, I feel bad for the families of the people that stormed. I do. Mm-hmm. I feel badly for the people that actually did it mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they are angry. Yeah. And that is a gut-wrenching, eat-you-up feeling. Yeah, it is. One one of the best quotes that I heard and that was has been really life changing for me is, and I've said this before on the podcast, is uh, when we begin to understand, then we can truly love. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that quote has really helped me with people who have upset me, with mm-hmm. people who've let me down, with people who've been unkind to my children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be really easy for me to get on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon and get real angry at things and people, uh, you know, because you know the police and blah. You know, I mean, I could, I could j- jump on that sure, all day long. Of course, that does not no. serve anyone. It doesn't change anything. It's not positive. It's not productive. And, you know, I think that when, when people have asked me traditionally over the last year, you know, how has that affected me? How does it affect my children? And I talk very honest and open with my children. Like, it, we are not victims. They are not victims. 
They are not victims. They are very, very, very black, and they are not victims. And I feel strongly about that. And uh, and and you know, I I am certainly not prejudiced. I think it's really sad when people are, but even, I mean, and this is gonna be a crazy thing to say, I have, to your point, I have a tremendous amount of compassion for people who are prejudiced. I do and too. And people who have the mind that somehow the color of somebody's skin elevates or de- Downgrades downgrades somebody. another human being when we have all been created as uh, in the image of God. Well, it's just it's just ignorance. Yeah, it's not, and I don't mean that no, in it a is. demeaning way, no, but it's, it's just, just true. not true. Yeah, <laughs> it is ignorant because if you, I don't feel bad for precious people, I do. I because well, if you knew better, you would know better. That's true. Yeah, and so then I then you just feel sorry for them, or it was where they were raised, or it was what they're. Granddaddy said, sitting in his rocking chair, and you know, I mean, it just seems like a mindset from such a less evolved time. So then you can have compassion no. for the person who's less evolved than you. But those sort of thoughts, <laughs> those sort. And I'm not saying I'm the most evolved, but most people have evolved beyond <laughs> standard prejudices. Well, I, I think that it's very difficult to let go of those of those messages that they were given. Yeah, you know, I my I had a grandfather. That was very prejudiced, mm-hmm. and he was head of the this little Baptist church in the town that he lived in, and and I mean I can he told me he made statements to me when I was little that I don't dare even repeat, and and I thank goodness didn't carry those with me because of my parents, Yeah, you know, but it, but I remember my mom talking to me about it. I remember sitting in my grandfather's lap and he would make a statement about something and, and, and it, you know, and I, and here he was a, he was a wonderful, Mm -hmm. not that smart of a man because Mm -hmm. he believed it, but that had been, ingrained in people's head. That's why we need to be very careful about what we tell our children. Oh, yes. You know, because they grow up buying it Mm -hmm. and believing it. And showing. And then they pass it on. And it was a tragic, tragic, tragic time in this country. Yeah. And we have learned from it in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. And we are on the path to something different. And that's what we focus on. Yeah. And if you if you are passionate about something, then you can ask yourself, what can I do to make this better? Let's get positive. Let's get compassionate. Let's give up that, you know, maybe this whole thing with what's happened in Washington will help both parties pick different sort of people that, you know, that we can be a little more comfortable with that are not so egocentric. But think about it. If you're a politician, you know, it it would be a miserable existence. That's why we don't have very good pickings. We got slim pickings when it comes to the. I mean, who wants to do that? A lot of times we really do, you know. <laughs> I and mean, it's. I wouldn't want to be president because of what they would do to my past, my family, my my yeah. in, my income, my Think bank what account. A, what a thankless my, job it can be. Yeah. I mean. Oh, exactly. And, and how you're just demonized by. How much you sacrifice? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're demonized by half mm-hmm. of the country. Almost always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Regardless of, regardless. Period. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and so having, I mean, and, and I know for a lot of people, having compassion for Biden or having compassion for Trump sounds ridiculous, but I do agree so much. And I love that that's what you say is the answer when it comes to to reading these things and trying to understand these things and making peace with some of these things. Mm -hmm. It is finding the compassion side and, and trying to understand that, you know, God created all of us good. I mean, you've said it a thousand yeah. times. There's no bad babies at, at Presby right Never. now. There's, there's not a bad baby. And somewhere along the way, all of us, all of us, learn something, hear something, or taught something, listen to something, watch something that, that, that mold us. And sometimes those things are really, really positive, and sometimes those things are not positive. That's right. And a lot of those things are not our fault. You know, no. a lot of those things that have molded us into the people that we are today were not our fault. However, as adults, it does become our responsibility to do something more positive and more productive with it. Well, and that is true. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I it think... doesn't mean people are going to choose that. Well, no. and But, mm -hmm. you know, when the difference in having compassion for people is that you don't hate. Yeah. You hate the behavior and yeah. you don't hate the human being. Yeah. Then that, yeah. that's what we're called to do. Yeah. It's called compassion with love. Yeah. And that's what we're called to do is love... Everybody, even yeah. though their behavior essentially, mm -hmm. and that's where when I worked with those guys out at that treatment center, you know, I had pedophiles, I had people that had been horrible to their families and everything. And my boss, my boss was a seven foot tall uh, man who had been a member of the Black Panthers back in the day, and he was. His name was Craig Ross. God loved Craig Ross. He was the he had gotten sober and was just the greatest guy. And I mean, he he loved those prisoners. Mm. He was tough as nails, but he kept saying, you know, he'd say, "There are people just like you. Yeah, you may live they in are. that neighborhood that you live in, but they mm -hmm. are exactly like you. That's and in exactly order for right. you to reach them, you have got to accept that. Yeah, and, and it was it was. It was a it was a tremendous gift for me. Yeah. You know, because everyone every single one of the pedophiles that I had as clients had been sexually abused themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so the ability mm -hmm. to hate the behavior and not hate the individual because that hate energy, it is toxic. I don't care how self-righteous it appears. You know it's so funny about that that hate is that that is a prison in and of itself it is you know the only the, the there the there's a lot more prisoners in this world that aren't in orange suits and in you know behind bars there are prisoners that live in 75205 and 75225 that live in mansions on beverly you yeah. know they are in their own their own hell their own prison because of their mindsets their their anxiety, their fears, their stress, the you know just the the worlds we create and 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 the hate that we hate. Yeah. And you know I I, I did prison ministry a few years back too and and learning learning that they were just like me was was also one of the greatest 
greatest lessons that I, I think everybody should do prison. Yeah, it was. Go spend time with it, prisoners. Yeah, it, it was. It will open your eyes to, yeah, to a different way. It really was something. And I think that we can differentiate between the behavior and understanding that a lot of the behaviors that people actually participate in come from conditioning, mm-hmm. and it will help us be a little more sensitive to them and also very mindful of what we're t- saying in front of our children and yep. what we're modeling for our children. Yeah. You know, but I, you know, and I don't think, it's not so much what I was thinking this morning about the world. I, I It's not so much what's happening in the world, but what we tell ourselves about what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there is you know, the captain's on the bridge, Yeah, yeah. you know, and I yeah. might read that again before we close, yeah. just because I, I believe idea. it so strongly yeah, me too. and that we look at it when it appears to be the worst thing that could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end up exactly being just like that. Yeah. And that's why I think that's step two in re- recovery and and I, I think we're all in recovery. I think we're all oh, recovering we are from something, from something, <laughs> and from something or someone. Right. And I think that that reminder that when we when we invest and trust a higher power, for me that's God. Mm-hmm. Um, for me that's my faith. I trust completely. I comp- and that's that's what I told the girl who was on my couch yesterday, I said, I, you know, every single morning, one of my prayers is God, light my path, show me the way and give me the courage to follow. Yeah. And, and because that is my intention and that is my prayer, that's what I do. And so I can also go to bed at night and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because I know that because that was my prayer and that was my intention and I have a God and it's not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I can trust that whatever happened from the 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., I, I trust it. Yeah, and you can, you know, one of the things that I learned also is to wake up in the morning and say whatever, and at the end of the day say, oh, well. Oh, I love it that. You've said that to me before, and bookends, I absolutely love the it. The bookends for the day. Yeah, you know, it's really and, good. And the... the <laughs> I love that. I think whatever. part of... For me, oh well. <laughs> it, it's pretty easy for me right now. I think some of that has to do with age. I was thinking this morning that I, I because fear is what drives a lot of these behaviors. Oh, well, yeah. m- well, most of the, I mean, underneath mm-hmm. anger is fear. Right. And so, and I was thinking this morning, I thought, you know, I'm not, there's not one thing in the world I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of getting sick. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of running out of money. I'm not afraid of uh, my children being okay. I'm not, I mean, I'm not afraid anymore. And I'm not either. I'm not afraid of one thing. Yeah, me neither. It's, it's the most amazing thing. I'm not afraid of Corona. I'm not afraid of. The election, I'm not afraid of who's our president. I'm not afraid of choices my children make. I'm not, I, I, fear is not a motivator in my life. Yeah, me neither. What a blessing, huh? Yes. You know, w- one of my dear friends, I had lunch with her the other day, and she talked about how in 2021 or 2020, her word, you know, a lot of people pick one word for the year, and her word last year was freedom. Oh. She just wanted to be free. Uh-huh. And that was her intention and that was her desire and that those that was her mantra and and she said in the year I mean it 
she felt, you know, but she, because that was her intention, she, she, she felt herself become free from a lot of things that she felt hostage to in the past. I think freedom is, is powerful. Well, and fear is the opposite of freedom. Yeah. I mean, so, and that fear takes place in my head. Absolutely. That is my brain. And that is the one thing that I can control is my thinking. Yeah. I get to practice it. Yep. It doesn't come easily. Right. But that is what abolishes that fear. Yeah. And I think that when we start to think, oh my gosh, this is so awful. This is so awful. I will say, well, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. The stock market goes down. Okay. Then what? Okay. When I, when I, I, um, and I, I may have said this before when I got my divorce and I'd gone back to grad school and I was afraid that my business might tank. Have I told this story before? Do you know? And so I so. would think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What if my what if my business tanks and the stock market goes to zero and I'm broke? And then I thought, okay, well come out, come up with a stop out plan. If the worst thing that happens actually happens, then what would you do? And I was like, okay, well. I think I could work at Whole Foods. Oh, yeah, you have said this. You'd be really good. I actually have thought about this when I'm at Whole Foods. Me too. I would be good. Play the whole thing out, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was like, I remember you have said this. And I remember, like, the last time I was at Whole Foods and the the people at Trader Joe's, like, I think I would choose Trader Joe's. They're so happy. Whole Foods is one detail I actually forgot about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd choose Trader Joe's. Like, I, but I've always, now when I check out there, I think Janice would be really good at this. I would be good. (laughs) Hi, how you doing? <laughs> is this broccoli or arugula? Is this or- organic or not? Just tell me. I guess at Central Market and Whole Foods, it's always organic. So that's why yeah. you choose there. You don't have to make those choices. Yeah, no, no, no. The hippie vibe is just right up my alley. Either that or Neiman's shoe department. Mm-mm-mm. I could be happy anywhere. You know, but then you look at that. So when you come up with a stop out plan that probably will never happen, you see that life would go on and that you could be happy. Yeah. And you would still be okay. And you would still be okay. Mm-hmm. And and you know what, Janice, you, you, I've told you this a thousand times. When I was going through my divorce, mm-hmm. and I felt I was not did not feel okay. I know I did not feel okay. And every time I walked out of your office, and I was reminded that I was okay. You know, some people, and I bet some people listening have tears rolling down their face, thinking, "Is it really okay?" And, and Janice and I are here to it, tell you, it, it is. is okay. It it's is okay. okay. It's not only okay, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. And, and, and you know what? I think that's like the perfect segue into, so we kind of spent a lot of time talking about the world, but I, I think we could spend just a couple of minutes because I think it's, it's all kind of the same. If you're going through something personal, and yes. you know, if, if if your world, your your little world feels like it's crumbling, whether it's your marriage or a wayward child or a your finances. Disease. Yes, or you're sick or somebody you love is is sick, you know, it can feel really heavy. The the sunniest days can feel still feel cloudy and heavy and absolutely and and all of those same things that we just talked about I think are applicable in and I think the first 
thing that you can do is have compassion for yourself. Yes, and allow yourself to have those feelings. If you need to lie down on the floor Mm -hmm. in the fetal position, I did it several Mm -hmm. times during Mm -hmm. my divorce Mm -hmm. and cried like a baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And get those and allow yourself to have those feelings. And stop apologizing for being sad and stop apologizing for crying. Yes. Like, cry. Allow it's sad. Yourself. It is sad. And it is scary mm-hmm. because it's different. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And yet, ultimately, how far we allow that thing to take over exists between our two ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and that thinking, it affects our heart. It affects our soul. It affects our spirit. It affects our our capacity. Your body. Yes. Your body big time. Big time. Yes. And and so it is a practice mm-hmm. of of compassion. It's a practice of breathing. It's a practice of of reminding yourself that it will pass. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be forever. And you can't believe it when you're in it. No. When when my children died, I never thought I would laugh again. I never thought I would laugh. Oh. I I was almost offended and disappointed in myself when I heard myself laugh again. Like you probably laugh more than anyone I know. <laughs> I know, and you. Could, it's like hard to picture Tova not laughing. And you know what, Tova, you could have so easily put on that victim robe. Oh yeah, and walked around in that cloak. For the rest you of your You would have an life. everlasting excuse for Everlasting, and yep. everybody would just say, yep. oh, there she is, I understand, bless her heart. <laughs> I might go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> you could have pulled it off. You could have got you away really with that. You really could. You can have a day. <laughs> no, it's so, it is so true. Well, it is so true. But what, my whole point in bringing that up is not to get the accolades, but to just, in to really know like and trust that and and hear from from people who've been, all three of us in this room have been through an inordinate amount of heartache loss disappointment um things that could take us down mm-hmm. and and we we could be really good victims because of some of the cards that life has dealt us we really could. And it's just not attractive, and it is and not, it's fun. not fun. <laughs> it's it, just—it's yeah. not, not fun. fun. And you know what? Today is a beautiful day. Today is a beautiful day, and and life is good, and we are blessed, and and we have so much left to do, and when we are wasting time with fear and worry and it is a waste you can you can visit that place don't not gonna don't stay there i did a lot of that at the tail end of 2020 i can tell you yeah it's so easy to get in that pattern too oh yeah there's that there's that little saying that says worry is like sitting in a rocking chair it'll give you something to do but it gets you absolutely nowhere Nowhere. (laughs) it's true so so i i love i love your simple but but really inspiring and heartfelt uh words janice to that it and 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 comforting that because they're true that it's it's all 
it's all okay. It is. And it's not even only going to be okay. It is okay. It's okay now. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't appear to be. Yeah. You want me to read this? Yeah. Captain's okay. on the bridge. Let's, end, the let's end with this. Uh-huh. This is from Emmett Fox book, Around the World with Emmett Fox. Uh, this book was written in 1942, September 5th. The captain. So this is this is the Great Depression times. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the captain's on the bridge. The world is not going to the dogs. The human race is not doomed. Civilization is not going to crash. The captain is on the bridge. Humanity is going through a difficult time, but humanity has gone through difficulties many times before in its long history and has always come through mm-hmm. strengthened and purified. Do not worry yourself about the universe collapsing. It is not going to collapse. And anyway, that question is none of your business. (laughs) The captain is on the bridge. If the survival of humanity depended upon you or me, it would be a poor lookout for the great enterprise, would it not? The captain is on the bridge. God is still in business. All that you have to do is to realize the presence of God where trouble seems to be to do your nearest duty to the very best of your ability, and to keep an even mind until the storm is over. And then the scripture that goes along with it is, Grace, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend thee. That's from Psalms 119, 165. And I say this a lot. Tom just rolls his eyes sometimes because he'll tell me something. I'm like, oh, captain's on the bridge. And it really does remind me that... It is okay. Mm-hmm. Bravo. <laughs> I love that thing. Don't you love God, Captain's just on the Bridge? I feel like I could need to go for a jog. <laughs> Send that to me so I can put it in the show notes. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. I will. I, I mean, will. that's It's a great fantastic. one. I've been reading it for years. God, I've been just, reading that since, like, I don't know, 1997. I, I need think. to read that every single morning. I know. It's so good. God, it's so good. Well... I, 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 this was great. It was so fun. Yeah, it was really, really, really great. Thank you both so much. And we, we just thank all of you for listening. We're so, like Janice says, humbled and grateful and so humble. And it's going to be a great year. It is. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to see great things. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Thanks, Kev. Thank you guys. Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) Y'all have a great week.